This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Giles here, and knowing that we have a family audience and the purple people often include some very young people, just to say that today's episode does include some language that some people may find uncomfortable or offensive. Hello, welcome to Something Rhymes With Purple. I am sitting opposite, as always, my co-presenter. He's only a picture on my screen, but what a picture he is. Always energetic, always in front of Marilyn. Uh, Regular listeners will know exactly what I mean by that, and always with a smile on his face. Hi, Giles. I ought to explain to our listeners, regular or otherwise, that Marilyn is on a screen behind me. And it's very few people in the world are known by their first name alone. But you guessed right, it is indeed Marilyn Monroe, who I wish I'd met, but I never did. Though I was lucky enough at school to have a friend whose mother was the photographer Eve Arnold, who took Mm. a whole series of photographs of Marilyn Monroe in the 1950s and I think took the last famous pictures of her. And so when I was a little boy, I felt I knew Marilyn Monroe because I knew someone who knew her. So at one remove, I have a connection with Marilyn Monroe. They were Americans, but we're not going to America in this episode, are we? Where are we going? We are going to the sound of bow bells because we are going to talk about Cockney rhyming slang. But I must just say that you and I are about to do something quite exciting. Thanks to you, because you suggested me. Uh, I have never been on this programme before, but you have. We're going to do Celebrity Gogglebox together. It's very exciting. I tell you the reason I suggested you. I've been lucky enough to do it over several years. It's a strange programme. If you're listening to this in another country, and the joy of Something Rhymes With Purple is we have purple people listening across the globe. Gogglebox is a show that started out on British TV, it's now shown in some other countries, where real people are filmed watching TV. That's as simple as that. And you see their reactions. <laughs> it's such a daft concept, programs. but it works so brilliantly. Uh, and they do a celebrity version with often the celebrities of people I've never heard of. Exactly. Well, that would be me. But I've done it over several years. <laughs> and each time I've done it, as a result, I think, direct result of doing it with me, they've ended up being made dames. Now, again, if you're around the world, you won't <laughs> know what this means, being a dame. It's an honour bestowed by the sovereign on distinguished women in our country and culture, who then become called Dame so-and-so, so-and-so. And I, I first did it with a wonderful actress called Sheila Hancock, who is now 90 years mm-hmm. of age. And when we'd finished making 
Celebrity Gogglebox, she was made a dame. So she's now Dame Sheila Hancock. Then I did it with Maureen Lipman, another actress friend of mine, very wonderful actress, currently in the soap opera Coronation Street and actually playing on the West End stage in a brilliant play called Rose. Anyway, she became a dame. Then along came Joanna Lumley, a dame. And uh, my wife said, you know what's happening? This is, you know, previous years when the late Queen was still alive, Elizabeth II. She said, the Queen must be watching this celebrity goggle box. And she thinks these poor women having to sit there on the sofa watching television with Giles, uh, the Queen must feel very sorry for them and has made them dames. Of course, they became dames in their own right because they are remarkable people. <laughs> so so you are going to be my non-dame person this year. And who knows, as a result of this, it's work for everybody else, you may find in the New Year's honours next year, you yeah. become, lovely, wouldn't it, Dame It ain't Dent. going to happen. <laughs> but do you know what? I'm so, I am so excited about this. So I am going to be joining you, I think you probably already knew this, on the Gogglebox sofa. I am going to be making my absolute debut. I'm a total virgin at this. I can't well, wait. Well, what you will find, and this is fascinating, is that it's for real. You know, we will be sitting together because uh, on, on my your sofa, sofa in my house, uh, and we will be watching TV together. And the the cameras are hidden cameras, and the crew they come and install them, then they go away. It's genuine. It's just oh. you and me oh, sitting there. I'll, I'll prepare the snacks and uh, get get the snacks tea, get the good. coffee, get the maybe the chilled white wine, whatever you want, and we just watch <laughs> the shows together. Um, it I should be fun. Wait, I don't know. When's the series starting? When, the, when are they putting this out? Um, well, if anybody wants to watch it, um, you can watch all streams. Celebrity Gogglebox. It's on Fridays, nine pm at Channel Four. Great. Now, I, as you know, as you'll discover, I live in Barnes, which is in southwest London. Yes. But for today's episode, we're going to another part of London, aren't we? Where are we ah. off to, and why? Well, we are going to talk about Cockney rhyming slang, which means we take ourselves and the listeners too, within the sound of the Church of St. Mary Le Beau. But that was, as you probably know, it's got some history because it was destroyed in 1666 by the Great Fire of London, rebuilt by Sir Christopher Wren, destroyed again in 1951 in the Blitz. And then, um, I'm not sure it's, it exists anymore, but it is it is part and parcel, isn't it, of the fabric of being British. Yes. And it's within the earshot of Bow Bells, or is it, yep. there is no Bow Bell, is it? It's it's just the bells of St. Mary Le Beau. St. Mary Le Beau. I, think, I am going to look this up to see whether it exists. I'm sure it I think probably it does, still does. Because I think yeah. the bells themselves were replaced, the original bells were replaced in the 1960s. Um, oh, and it's part of the East is, End of it, London. These are, yes. it's one of the many churches in the city of London. Beautiful churches, a number of them designed yeah. and built by the great Sir Christopher Wren. Um but the core of the East End of London includes places like Bethnal Green, Whitechapel, Spitalfield, Stepney, Wapping, Limehouse, Poplar, uh, Allgate, Shoreditch, the Isle of Dogs, Hackney, Hoxton, uh, Bow itself, Mile End. These are all part of that part of London, the East End. And people who come from that part of the world, they speak, uh, or they can do, some of them speak with a a Cockney accent, mm. and they've developed a kind of Cockney language known as Cockney rhyming slang. So while we're recording this, we could be having a cup of Rosie Lee, which mm. is rhyming slang, isn't it? Yeah. Rosie Lee tea. Tea. Um, and uh, we're looking at each other on our Zoom screens. I'm having a butcher's 
at you. <laughs> and butcher's is butcher's hook. Butcher's hook look. Exactly. Yes. I, I'm going to just just interrupt and say, because I should have known this, especially because I love Cockney rhyming slang. Um, but it, so, so the church was destroyed during the Blitz, um, as were the bells. But now it has 12 bells and they were hung in 1961 as part of the repair programme after the war. So there we are. You can be yeah. born within the sound of bow bells, and bow bells, on a clear day, you can hear them in all those places that I mentioned. Uh, if you've got very good hearing, you can even hear them probably in East Ham, or Stratford East, Walthamstow, even West Ham. Um, it's basically the East End of London is where they speak Cockney, and they have Cockney rhyming songs. Yes. What is the origin of this strange form of language and, and it's it's slang what is slang in a nutshell what is the language called slanguage slang is um often given a very hard time but it's the sort of i'd say unofficial um you know sort of informal vernacular that for uh you know people people tend to see as sort of improper english and something that uh, should only be used in certain places and certainly shouldn't be in dictionaries. Uh, the countdown dictionary includes lots of slang precisely because it's designed as a code. And uh, for outsiders, it's important to, you know, to crack that code. Uh, so dictionaries of slang have existed almost since all dictionaries. In fact, they were one, some of the first dictionaries ever to be compiled. Uh, there was a lovely um, definition about slang by one linguist, um, I think it was Carl Zandberg, who said, uh, slang is the language that spits on its hands, rolls up its sleeves and gets to work. Wonderful. Uh, which is wonderful. I'll tell you a bit about Cockney. Um, so the word Cockney itself is, is a really strange one because the original meaning of that word was a pampered or spoiled child. Oh. And we think that might come from uh, a similar word, cockney, meaning a cock's egg. And obviously, cocks don't lay eggs. So it actually meant a sort of poor version of a hen's egg, so something that was small and misshapen. Um, and then the pampered child meaning that it had then developed into an insulting term for someone who lives in the town. Now, English is full of insults between town dwellers and country dwellers, as you know. And um, those who lived in the country who were rural and who saw themselves as being kind of strong and uh, rustic and, and the salt of the earth, they regarded those who were urbane, living in urban places, as weak, um, uh, you know, in contrast to their, the, their hardier selves. And so Cockney began to be um, even more insulting, really. But then by the beginning of the 17th century, it really narrowed in its geography. And as we say, it applied to someone from the East End of London. Uh, so it's had a really, really strange journey. We think that um, the rhyming slang itself emerged as, as a playful but quite important banter amongst costermongers. What is a costermonger? So a costermonger, the costa bit is from costard, which is an old term for a sour apple or an apple. Oh, you know, like a cooking apple. So they were the sort of the fruit and veg sellers. And essentially, it's thought that they wanted some kind of uh, code uh, with which to talk to them, you know, talk to each other, but also to evade the authorities. So say they were up to, to some uh, possibly under the counter dealings, they didn't want everybody else to know about it. And so they came up with this joyful banter. And this is not unusual, because you and I've talked about Polari before, which was incredibly important very playful, but also very important code amongst um, the gay community because homosexuality was illegal at the time. So these kind of tribal codes and slangs emerge all the time and we think that Cockney rhyming slang was one of those. And what period are we talking about? 
So that was um, probably the late um, 19th century. That was, Oh, not that so, long ago. No, not so too So Victorian times. Yeah. Because the word, the word cockney goes back far further to describe people from this part of town. Uh, well, to describe, yeah, and also to, um, as, as I say, to have that, it's had that journey meaning all sorts of things. Mm. Uh, so, yes, that, that was around before um, and then applied to those, you know, the slang spoken specifically within the, within the East End of London. Good. So it's been in existence for 130, 140 years. And yeah, at least. The kind of ones that we know about, I mean, you talk about them being costermongers, people who are selling vegetables. I'm very familiar with the Cockney rhyming slang for uh, stairs, which is apples and pears. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's one of that's one of the oldest. And, and rhyming slang had a real surge during the Second World War when troops, particularly troops from the East End of London, chose to entertain but also baffle uh, other regiments fighting alongside them. So again, it became this sort of uniting, we are, you know, we're, we're going to keep outsiders out. This is our sort of insider code. Um, so anyone fighting alongside them in the trenches couldn't understand this. And maybe also it was a bit of a mocking nod to some of the really broad uh, Glaswegian, Belfast, you know, you name it, brogues um, that were being spoken in the trenches. And those from the East End of London have always been mocked themselves. So I think it may have been a bit of kind of tit for tat. Um, and, and it really, really did grow then. I think apples and pears, one of the very earliest. Um, and, and it's never really looked back. And people go on inventing it. You say the word brogues there. I think that could be quite good rhyming slang for rogues. You can invent them as you go. I mean, I, I remember when I was young, a new word came in uh, for flares. When flares were popular in the 1960s, they were called your Lionel Blairs. Yes. Because Lionel Blair was a choreographer and dancer. Lionel Blairs give you flares. But actually, they were just called your Lionels because that's the perfect thing about ah. rhyming slang, isn't it? Is it oh, the second half? Explain the way it works then. Yeah, ah. so the second half of the formula is often left off. So use your loaf, use your loaf of bread, your head, which is why it's particularly opaque to anyone outside because... Oh, so take a butcher's is, is what you say. Yeah, Take butcher's a butcher's hook. means take a look because, in fact, the full phrase is butcher's hook. Yes. That takes you to look. Exactly. But so sometimes you definitely get both words because I do remember... My father, this date, who was not a Cockney at all, um, he came originally from Cheshire, but he would often, this was in his day, you often described your wife as your trouble and strife. And there, it's your the whole word. You never talked about your trouble. No. It was your trouble and strife, yeah. meaning your wife. Yeah. No, it's endlessly elastic. Um, it really is. And and there are some, you know, some wonderful wonderful ones. The old dog and bone is another one of your examples. Uh, the phone. What's that? What's that? The phone. The dog and bone, yeah. Dog and Long bone the dog is a phone. Uh, yeah. Would you Adam and Eve it? Would you Adam and Eve it? <laughs> Means would you believe it? Would you believe it? And what about, do you know about um, I'm completely brassic? Do you know about that one? I'm completely brassic. Is that classic? Uh, uh, brassic Park in the dark? No, uh, Brassic uh, brassic Acid? Um, no, it means skint, but it comes from Brassic Lint. And Brassic oh, Lint great. is a type of medical dressing um, made from surgical lint, and it's soaked in this saturated solution of various things. Um, but, I mean, that one would be almost impossible. I mean, even for us to unpick, really, unless, you know, uh, unless you were well-versed in this. Having a Scooby, that's one of my favourites. Having a Scooby, having a Scooby-Doo clue. Oh, my gosh. That's a brilliant oh, that's one. That's very good. Um, let's take a plate of hake. 
<laughs> Which I mean, that up? That, I made that up on the spot. I mean, let's take a break. See, let's take a plate of cake. You wouldn't know what I was saying. But if you did know, it means let's take a break. We'll have some more rhyming slang in a moment. I think you need a Jimmy, don't you? A Jimmy? Jimmy oh, a Riddle. Jimmy Riddle. That means having a piddle. Who was Jimmy Riddle? Who was Jimmy Riddle? Are you taking the Jimmy? Are you taking the... Yeah, what's that? Okay. Actually, what is the origin of taking the piss? Um, taking the piss is... Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, we say taking the Mickey, Mickey Bliss piss, but taking the piss itself is just using a rude word. And um, but yeah, obviously, there's no urine theft involved. We'll I'm raise the tone. I who Jimmy Riddle is here. Who is Jimmy Riddle? Um... Jimmy look, Jimmy Riddle was an American country musician. Oh. Uh, yeah. Partic- primarily known for the vocal art of efing. Do you know what efing is? No. Oh, this just gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> Let's look this up. Um, just before we take the plates of Hake. It's a um, vocal technique, uh, maybe Native American, right? similar to beatboxing, but nearly a century older. So that's amazing. Okay, I'm going to be So Jimmy up. Riddle was a real person. I just assumed yeah. it was an invented name to rhyme with Biddle. Because so it is taking Ruby, Ruby Murray. I know. Let's go for Ruby Murray. She was a real person, wasn't she? She was. She was a nineteen fifties pop star, wasn't she? She was a singer of yesteryear, and a Ruby Murray is to have a curry. Yes. Oh my goodness! Oh, See you in a let's moment. Just go before it all goes peak tong. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show. But my listeners wanted to write the ad for me. And here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. This is Something Rhymes with Purple, where we're playing about with rhyming slang. And just before the break, what was that phrase you used? It's all gone Pete Tong. It's all gone Pete Tong. Who is Pete Tong? And what is that rhyming slang for? Oh, going wrong. Pete Tong. It's gone wrong. Oh, Pete Tong. Uh, So Pete Tong was a DJ. He worked on Radio 1. Do you not remember? Well, I don't remember, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, All right. So has rhyming slang, Cockney rhyming slang, gone into other languages at all? I mean, would people in America recognise Take a Butcher's for Take a Look? Um, n- no. I mean, they, well, they might recognise it, but I don't think they would use it themselves. But I tell you where it really flourished it was in Australia, massively. So uh, a flower in Australia is called a cobra shower. Oh. Which I quite like. I'm having a cobra shower. Uh, or I've given her a cobra shower. That's charming. Often they are named after people, and they wouldn't translate. I think Dickie Bird 
Dickie Bird was a very well-known cricket umpire. And is yeah. Dickie Bird, I think, is rhyming slang for simply word. Can I have a Dickie Bird? I hope it's that and nothing ruder. I think maybe, oh, but maybe, actually, Dickie Bird is as in a real bird. Dickie, it, may, it may predate the umpire hmm. who's called Dickie Bird. I want a Dickie Bird, meaning I want a... Do you say to someone... I want a word, OK. I mean, have you heard of that one? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I, I think I recognise the name Dickie Bird for sure. I mean, he was quite famous, wasn't he? But uh, I've not heard... So you probably would say I need a Dickie, but that sounds quite rude. What about Rosie Lee? I know that means tea, but was there a real Rosie Lee? Uh, I think there was a Rosie Lee, um, and I seem to remember looking this up and I've completely forgotten. Um, let me... Okay. I keep telling people that you know all this stuff in your head. I, I know say, everything. oh, she's a know. genius. She's got all this stuff stored in her head. And the I truth don't. is she's fumbling through her dictionary most of the life. Always. Um, Rosie Lee appears to have originated in the earliest of the 20th century, um, first recorded in Edward Fraser and John Gibbons's Soldier and Sailor Words and Phrases from 25. But, um, no, we actually... It, oh, it doesn't say that there was a real Rosie Lee, sadly. I love the idea. There must, I mean, there must have been lots of Rosie Lees, but whether there was one particularly associated with rhyming slang, I'm not sure. Mince pies are yes. eyes, aren't they? Yes. And I think you describe them as mince pies. I saw it with my own mince pies, is what you'd say. Yes. Not with my You're own mince. You're absolutely right. Um, no. Yeah. What about if I said to you, um, oh, I've just met a really nice bunch of Bacardis. I've met a really nice bunch of Bacardi rum. Uh, is that no, Bacardi? Bacardi breezes. Ah, geezers. Geezers. So is that a rhyme for geezers? <laughs> yes. But how strange, because geezers sounds like slang in itself. Geezer. Well, the geezer actually comes from the old mumming plays um, in medieval times when uh, there was a lot of miming. Mum is from keeping your, your mouth um, closed and mm. uh, and uh, there were people who were dressed in disguise so it was all about guys um, and then that became geezer um, which was originally spelled G-U-I-S-E-R so, so there were people who acted on stage and then they, it became oh but this is riveting for. so a geezer hmm. silly old geezer meaning a silly old bloke the original yeah. geezer was a guy yeah. and it goes back to the mumming days we were talking about the 14th 15th century when yeah, players yeah. would go around and perform in pub I was going to say pub car parks, but I mean, you know, the courtyards outside a pub. They'd set up yes. their stage and they'd perform their, their comedies or their dramas there. These were the mummers who became mumblers or mime. Well, they, they became mummers because they'd been mimes. Is that how it went? Yeah, it was mostly miming. Yeah. Um, and so um, mum, as I say, lips closed. It, that's what mum is representing. And they were... Um, in disguise, or at least they were pretending to be other people, just as any actor would be on stage. And the guys bit uh, became a geezer, as in G-U-I-S-E-R, and then it became spelt G-E-E-Z-E-R. To go on now on that little tangent, uh, mum's the word is not rhyming yeah, slang. Thing. It's a phrase meaning keep quiet. Keep, yeah, keep still, but that's the same thing. Keep your mouth closed. Um, ah, so it's nothing to do with your mother being discreet. No, mum's the not word. Nothing to do with the mother at all. It's... it's yeah. Don't mumble, don't mutter, don't don't be a mummer. Keep exactly. keep miming. How? What about if you had a cheesy on your foot? If you had a cheesy on your foot, would it be on your foot or your plates of meat? Because those are your feet, aren't they? Yes. And you call them yes. your plates, not plates of feet. Oh, I've got my oh my plates are killing me. Uh, um, that's plates of meat. So what were you asking me about? A foot? What? Am, um, a cheesy on your foot a would cheesy. be a cheese and onion 
Bunyan. A cheese, a cheesy on my foot comes from cheese and onion, rhyming slang for bunion. Bunion. How do we get from Tommy Tucker to supper? Because Tommy Tucker sang for his supper. Oh. I suppose that's not really rhyming slang. That's it's just. It's not really rhyming slang. It's just one. Tucker. You call it yeah. Tommy Tucker because you mean supper. Yeah. Um, you know, you were telling me about um, brogues and rogues. Yep. Well, actually, those are Kylie Minogue's. So oh. if you're right, if you've got a right pair of Kylies chasing you, they're rogues. Um, and if they're, alternatively, if, you might be wearing a nice pair of Kylies if you're wearing nice brogues. That's very good. And if they're chasing you in a jam jar. It's a police car, is it? Very good indeed. Yes. Now, no more porky pies from you, Susie Dent. Porky pies. Porky pies lies. Yes. Tell me a couple of porkies. And what about if you oh. are, in your arguments, very Sir Tim? Sir Tim, oh Lord, Sir Tim Rice. Um, That's nice. Um, no, it's another Sir Tim. Sir Tim Rice, precise. That's not. I'm not sure that's that good. That one, but I that's think one you, of the. <laughs> I think you've made that up on the spot, hoping to get away with it. More recent ones. We uh, both love. Do you know what we should do? I think we should nip down to the rubber dub, and oh have, yes, please, a, and have a drink and come up with some more rhyming slang. What I'd like to know from our listeners, please, is if there is the equivalent of rhyming slang in other countries and other cultures. Because if it worked in the East End of London, to the extent it has, when there are literally, if you go to a Cockney rhyming slang dictionary, you find hundreds of examples, yes. which has given you a few. I can't believe you wouldn't find it in Australia, Africa, India, North America. There must be other rhyming slangs in other parts of the world. And perhaps people could share um, their rhyming slang from their territory with us at our new email address. Get this, purple people. Yeah, that's the address. Purple people at somethingrhymes.com. Purple people at somethingrhymes.com. And that's something with a G. Although there will be some people who couldn't give a dental. Oh, couldn't give a dental, dental... Floss? I don't know. Dental appointment, ointment. Uh, uh, I couldn't give a dental floss. Oh, rhyming for toss. Yes. And toss, How? what does that mean? Couldn't that give sounds a, toss. a bit rude. It, I think it is. Let's not let's not go there. Well, let's not go there in this episode. Though it's it's high time we haven't had a rude episode for a long time, and I've got a lot of rude language that needs to be coming out. Uh huh. Um, okay. We are, we are we're totally when we are live, we are totally uncensored, and we do do a few live shows. We're going to be next on stage, I think, on the sixteenth of July at the Bristol Old Vic. Yeah. Now this is the theatre where they've got a genuine thunderball up up above the stage. They've actually got what, a machine where they roll balls down this down the, the this wooden machine mm -hmm. in the gallery of the theatre, and it makes the noise of thunder. Oh. Um, and you can then tell your story about the origin stealing of stealing my thunder. thunder. Yeah. Perfect. Bristol Little Vic, 16th of July. Uh, tickets have gone on sale. Each show is different. Come and join us. And for tickets and info, you go to somethingrhymeswithpurple.com. Okay. Lovely. Have people been in touch with us this week? Oh, they have. Do you know what? We've had a lovely one. I really enjoyed this one from um, Kat Benzie, who's in Connecticut. Um, and you were talking about how we have listeners from across the globe. Um, and she she says, it, and I loved this, she says that our podcast gives her an emotional boost whether she needs it or not, uh, which is really touching to hear, Kat. Thank you. But this is what I loved. She says, in the vein of oxymorons, is there a word for phrases that seem benign but often have a kind of negative sense such as what's the matter with you what's uh, happened to your face uh, and she says my personal nemesis 
why don't you calm down? Uh, so um, I, I, I love all that. And I essentially went to the Oxford English Dictionary because as far as I know, there is no term for that kind of category. And I looked at synonyms for a backhanded compliment, first of all, but then for anything that is sort of backhanded. Um, and backhanded in turn reminded me of the parting shot that I've talked to you about, which was originally a Parthian shot. Do you remember this? Um, the horsemen of ancient Parthia uh, in Greece had a strategy of riding away from a battle as though in surrender and then turning around on their saddle and delivering an arrow backwards, um, which was lethal. And uh, that's exactly what the, these these are, it seems to me. They're not, I mean, they're not all really bad, but what's the matter with you is never going to be a nice one or what happened to your face is never going to be, you look lovely. Um, and anyway, the synonyms that I most liked, Kat, was hooky crooky, something that is just backhanded and that is from the 19th century. That's a bit hooky crooky. Hooky crooky. Sounds hooky, a bit crooky. like a bit of rhyming slang too. It Sadly does. Sadly rhyming. We've got another inquiry about etymology. Okay. Hi, Suzanne Giles. My name is Justa. I'm from Argentina, and I have to say I love your show. I was wondering what would be the story behind your names? What would be the etymology of Giles and Susie? Okay, keep up the good work. Oh, what an intriguing question. It is, but you, you must know the etymology of your word, because have we not talked? I think we may have talked about this before, um, but a long time ago, and I don't blame anybody for forgetting it. Well, I don't blame myself for forgetting it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so old now. I don't know the uh, etymology of Giles. Do I do know that it's in, in French, it's Gilles. And yeah. in Latin, it's often translated as something like Aegidius. Exactly, um, which in turn is from the Greek Aegidion. Ah, explain. Do you know what that means? No. Oh, I love this. I love the fact that you have lived your whole life without knowing that your name comes from a young goat. <laughs> Thank you for that. Maybe my parents spared me that knowledge. A young goat. It well, means a just, kid. Stop killing about. I'm a young about. goat, and now I'm an old goat. I discover <laughs> that I'm named after. That's terribly funny. I had no idea. Yes. Oh, that is. A, my wife will be amazed that I didn't know that because she always says to me, "God, you are so self-knowledgeable. Don't you ever get bored with yourself, Charles? The rest of us do." I a Gideus comes from an, a goat, a, a young Greek, goat. A Greek, a kid. Gideon, yes. And um, a Susie young goat. is obviously a shortened version or, or derivation of, of yes. Susan. Susan, or, Susanna, uh, all Hebrew. And this is lovely because it comes from a word, Shushana, meaning lily of the valley. Oh, that's lovely. It's pretty, isn't it? I'm sorry that I have the lily and you have the goat. Yes. <laughs> That's very good. Well, what a, what a combination we are. We are. Now, we do are. you have for us three special words to take away and try to remember? Yes, I do. And uh, I'm going to start off with a word that the writer Mark Forsyth, um, who wrote the Etymologicon, many people will know. He it, This is one of his all-time favourite words because he finds it so beautiful to say, wumblecropped. Ooh. Wamble cropped. Um, and it it's not got a very nice meaning, despite its sound. It means overcome with indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is spelled W-A-M-B-L-E-C-R-O-P-T. That's a very useful word. And yeah. for those of us who suffer from something called acid reflux, yeah. I think it's a word we wanted to use. Wamble cropped. Wamble cropped, yes. Excellent. Um, the next one is... Um, 
I, I find this quite poetic, but some people might find it a bit dark. It is um, an older English word that fell out of use for the body, and it is ban locker, and it means a bone locker. Oh, so the body, the flesh that goes on top of the bones, yes. locks them in, and it's known as a bone locker? Is that how you spell a it? A bone locker. It is, yes. Or it, it is the locker, you know, like you put things in a locker for your bones, and it's oh. spelled B-A-N-L-O-C-A. But I just think B-O-N. bone locker. B-O-N or B-A-N? B-A-N. But I don't think many people use the old English. I think just bone locker itself is probably quite... Is legitimate. Yes. So you can say, So if you came in and there was the corpse lying on the floor, you'd say, and I saw the bone locker lying there. You could do, or you could say, uh, I don't know what's happened with my, my band locker. I'm just ah. so wamble-cropped. <laughs> um, there you go. Is there uh, a third word? Yes, there is a third word. Um, I think I may have mentioned this when we, years ago, <laughs> talked about drinking and the pub, and it's a snack lifter. Do you remember what a snack lifter is? I think well, there was even a beer called this, actually. Snack up is a phrase used by Shakespeare, um, but it's an insult, meaning shut up or, oh, okay. you know, go away. Snack up. Mm. Um, is snack to do with neck? You lifting something? What um, is... It is to do with obviously lifting something, but the snack here is the latch of a door. So the idea oh. is that a snack lifter lifts the latch of the pub door, peers round, and then looks to see if anybody will buy them a drink. Oh. So it is the person who turns up to the pub without much money at all. Very good. A snack lifter. A Those snack are lifter. three good words. Oh, well, and thank you. I think we put them on our website, don't we, each week? Uh, they're so, on the programme description, yes. So yeah, if you so go people can find out blurb. if you want to know the spelling of the word and want to do some more homework. And I think we, we tell people what my poems are too. And this one, yes, I thought, please. since we're going to be spending time together at my home, on my sofa, doing Celebrity Gogglebox over the next few weeks, and you're my friend, I thought, I want a poem about friendship. Mm. And I thought... Well, what's my favourite short poem about friendship? And it's by one of my favourite female poets, Stevie Smith, called The Pleasures of Friendship, by Stevie Smith. The pleasures of friendship are exquisite. How pleasant to go to a friend on a visit. I go to my friend, we walk on the grass, and the hours and moments like minutes pass. And I hope, Susie, you find, when you come and sit on the sofa with me and we're doing Celebrity Gogglebox together, that the hours and moments will like minutes pass. In fact, they do. And then when it ends up edited, you'll find they're like seconds that pass. But anyway, it's fun. I love that. Thank you. I look very much look forward to it. It's sitting next to you on the sofa and uh, I'm watching TV. As I said, it's such a strange concept, but I, I can't wait. I'm very grateful, as always, to anyone who has listened to the show, to anyone who's just discovered it, and to all of those who have steadfastly been with us since the very beginning. Um, please keep following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media, as always, at Something Rhymes on Twitter and Facebook, or at Something Rhymes with on Instagram. Instagram. And we have the Purple Plus Club, don't we, Giles? Oh, yes. Ad-free listening. Exclusive bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was a, that was a funny laugh. Uh, well, there we are. Well, Something Rhymes with Purple is a Sony Music Entertainment production. It was produced by Nia with additional production from Hannah Newton, Naomi Oiku, Chris Skinner, Jen Mystery, and Richie, who is with us here today, uh, because, well, he just couldn't really be bothered to possibly to show up. I, I saw him outside the pub, you know, peering in. He's he's a sort of a snake. He is a short. It's, it's, that's very true. Um, but despite the fact that he wasn't here, we have we have Richie, and well, I think we had a real chicken corner today, don't you? 
chicken korma, a bit of a stormer. A stormer. Who needs gully? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.